that's one of the biggest things where it's like, well, I want to create financial freedom and have all this free time. But with that free time, what would I do? I don't even know what I want. And so part of the work is how the heck are you going to know what you want if you don't even know who you are? Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Hey, it's Sarah Larby. Welcome back to another episode of Where Should I Invest? Today's episode is actually a little bit different and my guest is Oliver Menelis and Oliver actually really impressed me on the podcast. I ended up hiring him for me and to help me and to help me with time management and just organizing a few things that I really wanted to focus on in my life. So it actually is really cool. I ended up hiring him after this podcast. We started talking and now we have a weekly call, which is, is really cool. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear about this episode. It was really inspiring. On another note, I firmed up on the Burlington property that I am actually going to be moving into. And what I'm going to actually do is I wanted to keep my current house in Oakville and Airbnb that and also move into the Burlington ones when I'm done burring it. It's going to need some renovations. Like it's pretty dated, but it's actually pretty solid and do like a little basement suite where I could still somehow access the whole house and make it one. But if I wanted to have an Airbnb renter here and there to offset some of the cost on the new property, that's my idea right now. So this property is actually going to close mid-December and uh, and then we're going to get to work on it. Super excited. I'm guessing renovations will be two, three months and then we are going to be moving and literally all of our furniture in our Oakville house will stay in our Oakville house and then we will just get new things for the Burlington one. Usually actually when I buy my furniture and I did this for the cottage too, I try to go to like one place just because it's so much easier. So I ended up going to Structube. And I find their stuff is actually very good. And we bought all of our like bedroom furniture, tables, etc. for the cottage. And I think we're going to do the same thing again. And there's pros and cons, obviously. Like they're a pretty good company. The stuff is actually pretty good. The mattresses are super reasonable and comfortable. Price-wise, they're actually very reasonable. But sometimes stuff comes and it's like packaged and you open it up and it's damaged. And so... I found that that was really the biggest downside with them, but overall I really like all of their their style and it's just like a very good price. But other than the fact that I've had to return a few things because of damages, I would say that's the only thing, but it'll just keep it super easy if we just go back there and just get everything again from the one store. That'll probably be our one store, might be something else. But if you guys have a really cool idea other than StuckTube of where you get all of your furniture at once, where you can literally just go around and pick stuff out. <laughs> I'm not that patient. Let me know. And then I guess like for everything else, like Amazon Prime for literally everything else is what we did for a cottage. So we probably are going to do something similar like that again for this new property. But guys, if you have some ideas and you are currently Airbnb something in Burlington or Oakville, I would love to uh, pick your brain as they say and figure out what works for you, what's, uh, what recommendations that you might have. And I'm super excited about it. I'm, I'm actually Airbnb the Hamilton triplex and the cottage, but this will be new for Oakville and Burlington. So I'm excited. It's a new chapter 
and hopefully the way that I have it in my mind and we're going to go ahead and, and try it is if the Oakville house can generate enough monthly income and there's obviously low season and high season, I think it should be good to cover parts, if not most, of the the mortgage and everything else on the Burlington house. So if I can find a way to live for free between those two properties when it comes to my residential stuff and not have to rely on the rest, like the cash flow from the other properties, like I'm I'm doing pretty well. So that's the goal. I'll keep you guys posted on how that goes, but I am excited. And if you guys are in the Burlington area and you wanted to come take a look at the Burlington Burr and how that is going, just send me an email. Let me know that when you want to come by and I can set up some times that you can see it throughout the process. So the offer is out there. Yeah, so if you wanna take me up on that, let me know. Otherwise guys, Right Club, there are two days remaining, one evening event on November 28th and one full day on November 30th with Jared Hope, which is awesome. Both are gonna be awesome events. The November 28th one is actually going to be with somebody that I had recently on my podcast, Harry James, and his episode hasn't aired yet, but oh my God, he is brilliant. And the other person is actually going to be somebody from Neighborly, and both of the speakers are going to be great. And then Jared on the 30th. Guys, this is awesome. If you haven't been out to an event yet, check it out. Or let me know if you want to come out for your first one for free. The free one would be the evening of the 28th. The tickets for the 30th are available on the Right Club's website, therightclub.com. And guys, if you like the podcast and you wanted to leave a rating and review, I would say that's always welcome and I, I really do appreciate them and I read every single one of them and I appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to send something or even just provide a star rating. So Thank you guys, and uh, I'm here to help. So if you have any questions, sarah at sarahlarby.com. You can reach out to me on my website, sarahlarby.com, or Instagram, which is investor Sarah Larby. And let's get on with the show and hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the show, Oliver. How are you? I am trying to savor whatever is left of this warm weather that we have here. I'm well, I'm enjoying it. Excellent. Excellent. So super excited to have you on. Now you used to be a real estate investor and, uh, and decided to go a different way. But before we talk about that, can you briefly just give us a, a 30,000 foot view on who you are and originally how you got started in real estate investing? Okay. Yeah. Part of, so I guess a, a real major part of my development is being in the real estate industry. It started when I was 18 years old and I was literally in university and I was working a high paying job at a, at a car manufacturing plant. And I just looked around and I'm like, Oh, this is what it's all about. Everyone likes, you know, secure jobs, making lots of money. And I'm like, so this is it. Like, this is what it looks like. Right. And I started kind of inquiring about these people's lives and how they feel about the work that they do. And I just noticed that there was no one really living a life that I wanted to replicate. And because of that, it just, it, it kind of opened my eyes. I was kind of like not really awake during that time, but this really woke me up and it, it had me turn to books because I wasn't necessarily exposed or had any, had any opportunity to be exposed to entrepreneurship 
or real estate or investing, but I found so many different books and I devoured them and I found different workshops and seminars and groups to go join and be a part of. And that really woke me up, sparked my interest in it. And it led me on this whole path of uh, quitting university, starting my own business in the rent to own, specializing in rent to own. And like, like you said, it, it, it unfolded in a way where I ended up leaving the industry like almost a decade later. And uh, I hit a really, really hard moment in my life where I had to kind of question myself in the direction of my life, which led me to what I'm doing now, which is I'm a transformational coach and I work with successful entrepreneurs who find themselves spiritually bankrupt. So these are people who are really great at what they do, but they've lost who they are. So part of the work that I do is to kind of take the lessons that I've learned in my own journey and, and have them work towards aligning their purpose with building an impact-driven business. Yeah, that's, that's all so interesting. So I do, I do want to take a little bit of a step back and just ask you, you know, so you mentioned that you were doing rent-to-own and you were acquiring, I don't know if you want to talk about what your portfolio looked like back then, but let's talk about that and then go into what happened for you to make that move out of real estate. Yeah. So the rent to own investment strategy was something that was so out time because I was looking for opportunities to, to really help people to add as much value as possible. And I saw this as a way of creating these, these great win-win scenarios. So I, I really dove in headfirst and I found um, some really good mentors around this space. And so I started a company. It was, I was 23 years old. By the time I was 24, we had four investment properties and we put none of our own money into it. And this was because of the, the strategy that we were using. We were really focused on the tenant first strategy. We were looking at the individuals and their histories and what their trajectory was in terms of their capacity to become homeowners. And part of our job was to provide the guidance and provide a structure and provide an investor, whether it's us or another investor, so that they can achieve that dream and choose, you know, choose the house that they're looking for and work towards owning it and, and having it really, really. And that was something that we were we were heavily involved in. And it was it was one of those things that I was so I was so it's like 10 years ago now. I was so young and it moved so, so fast. And it was exactly what I wanted and what I was dreaming about for so many years. And it just ended up getting to a point where a lot of challenges came up where I had to kind of sit with and question the direction of, of where my life was going. And uh, we, I mean, we can get into that as well. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that because that's probably on all of our minds is what is it exactly that was the challenge or that happened? Because a lot of us look at real estate as something that we probably are going to be in for years and years. And maybe at some point we're going to have a larger portfolio that we're going to property manage that out. and essentially retire off of the income and be, create wealth from the mortgage pay down and the appreciation over time. So a lot of us don't look at the other side and the other side is definitely still possible where you say this could not be for me and I have something bigger and better to do and I have a different calling and maybe you have different goals and your goals change. So anything is possible. And I think the listeners, like all of them come from different strategies, different experience levels, and maybe someone's going to want to do real estate for a little bit of time and then cash out and do something else. And that's okay, right? There's no one you know, way to do it. There it definitely isn't. Let's talk about your experience. How did that all happen? 
First of all, real estate is a powerful investment strategy. And it's, it's something that I still see as part of my story and, and part of my future. It's just, it came to a point where things needed to change. And for me, at the point where we were, we were doing about 20 deals a year. And we were finding investors who would do multiple deals with us. And we would create these incredible investment products for them. And this was exactly what I was dreaming about. And there were, there were a lot of challenges along the way, right? Like trying to establish yourself at such a young age and to try to find people to invest in you when you're in your early 20s and not have so much experience. There's a lot going against us. And we had to really find ways to educate people. And so we really invested in exposing ourselves. And this is at a time where not many people were really on making videos and writing blogs and being super transparent about, hey, here's behind the scenes. Here's what it actually looks like. Here's why you probably shouldn't work with us. Here's why you should work with us and what you can gain and what the risks are. And we were trying to be coming from a heart of a teacher. And we were trying to be people who can, who can educate and empower people from the standpoint of educating them. So this led to a lot of opportunities to share the message and market ourselves and establish the brand. And one of the things that really, the biggest roadblock that we hit was I was on uh, like cable TV talking about rent to own and the strategy and, and how we were working and what we were looking for. And I actually received, I was also a realtor at the time and I received a letter in the mail and in it was literally, it was like 30 pages printed out of things I've said and things that are on my website and circles and notes. And then a formal letter from the Real Estate Council of Ontario uh, filing seven complaints against me. Really? And that's like, I don't know about you, but any type of authority figure. I mean, when the cherries are popping behind me from a cop car, my heart starts pumping. Like I'm afraid that I did something wrong. Even if I didn't, like I'm just afraid. And so that, what were they saying that you were doing? Just curious. Are you able to share? Yeah. Yeah. I have no, I have no problem sharing it. They were saying that we're putting people at risk. We're putting consumers at risk. And a lot of these rent to own, uh, strategies fail because I mean at the time there was a lot of people who were doing uh, rent to own in a way that's just not the way that we were doing it and uh, they, they were really being set up so that the investor walks away with you know a whole bunch of money and like I prided myself in being very transparent and being very diligent and adding layers and layers and layers to the process to be as certain as certain as we could be that um, the people that we work with are going to win. They're eventually going to buy that house. And so to receive these seven complaints saying that you are putting people in danger, you are misrepresenting what you do, you can't present yourself this way. And also, you know, because I was a realtor and I was also operating an investment firm and we were creating these investment products, they didn't like the way that was structured either. And I was essentially, I was duplicating what my mentors were doing. I was doing exactly what I was taught to do. And I, I believe that we were trying to do it in a very transparent and legit way. But for me, it was like, yes. it was a huge, like huge blow. It was like a punch to the soul. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, I was, you know, from 18 years old to 26 years old, this was my dream and we're living it. And we're, you know, we're, we're, we're becoming great at it and successful at it. And then this huge obstacle shows up and I'm just 
paralyzed. Like I could not, I could not even operate. Yeah. And I do want to say though, like, and this was 10 years ago, but I know a lot of really successful rent to own investors and they look out for their tenants' best interest. They have programs to make sure that their credit's fixed in the three years before they purchase the property. So I think, you know, as long as you have the right intention and I'm, and it sounds like you definitely did, there's nothing illegal about doing rent to owns. I just, for anybody that's listening, that's not too sure, but I'll let you continue with the story because it is really, it is really interesting that you got that letter and puts everything into question. I'm sure for you. Yeah. It put everything into question. And and I mean, if I look back at it now, I'm just like, well, why did it shake me so much? Like if I, you know, if I, I knew that I was doing the best that I could and I, I was, I had the best of intentions and yet that really shook me. And that's kind of, you know, when I look back at it now, I think that was kind of a sign. It was like a sign from the universe. Like, Hey, like, do you still choose this? I think all of us, we have roadblocks and we have challenges in our lives, businesses, relationships, and it, we really get tested. Sometimes we feel victimized by the thing that we're building. I know I certainly did, and I, I still have moments like that where I feel like, wow, this thing I'm building, it's bigger than me, and I feel like it's such a huge burden, it's a huge obligation, and it's so challenging right now, and it's kind of a, a, like the universe is saying, hey, do you still choose this? Is this still, is this still what you want? Like, are you going to continue moving forward in this path? And I think it's not to like expose the doubt, but it's almost to test, like to, to test your will and test like how, how clear you are about your vision. But this, like it shook me to the point where I'm like, well, I can't, I can't operate this business. If it's, if it's doing, if, if we're doing things that might potentially lead to these complaints turning into actual charges and fines and things on my record and, and being reprimanded and things like that. And I wanted to hit the pause button and just revamp everything and just try to do everything that I can you know, cross all my T's and dot all my I's so that we were, you know, on the up and up when it came to that business. But that period of time where business had stopped and halted and I had to sit with like all these doubts and all these questions and all these fears about what it, what it was that I was doing and where it was that I was headed. Yeah, that's probably a, a scary time in your life. Now, what was your support system back then? I know that you mentioned a mentor, but did you have other investors that were doing what you were doing that you could have bounced ideas off of? Like, had you had a different group around you? Would that have changed anything? You know, no one knew what I was going through. I didn't tell anybody how this had affected me. I mean, there was like sending an email to mortgage agents, to realtors, to applicants who wanted to be part of a rent owned program, to investors, to our partners. So there's a whole bunch of people that we contacted and said this is what's happening and this is what we're doing and like that was like one of the most embarrassing things that I had to send out I mean that was the extent to which what people knew what was going on but in terms of me and like the despair that I was in like you would not be able to tell like I'm a naturally charismatic person I'm smiling and like eventually that turned into kind of like my phoniness like a mask that I wore and I hid I hid behind it. Like I just continued on, like nothing was going on, but behind the scenes, like on my own, it was incredibly challenging. It was one of the, if not, it was the darkest moment of my life. I could say, I could definitely say that. That's uh, thanks for sharing that. That's definitely a different side of, of investing in real estate that we don't always discuss or hear about. 
now, okay, so you had this letter, you were questioning everything. What did you decide to do? And how did you move forward from there? So I was like spending all my money and getting into debt. And as you know, foreign investment properties doesn't give you that much cash, right? In terms of cash flow. But I was just like, oh my God, like, what, what am I going to do? Are we going to restart this now? Are we going to do this? And I just had this, this epiphany, like when I was journaling, like I'm really, really an avid journaler because I, I believe that when we get our thoughts and our feelings out onto paper, it's a way that we can communicate with ourselves. We can kind of externalize what's happening and create distance with what's happening inside of us and really get a different perspective. And I'm just like writing nonstop. And one moment I just say, maybe it is, I just don't care about this anymore. Maybe I just don't care about this business anymore. And as soon as that happened, my whole body, like I can still feel that right. I still get like sensations of goosebumps and uh, a sense of lightness that showed up. And after that moment, I just looked at it and I'm just like, well, if I don't care about this and it's not in my heart, I can't wake up the next morning and keep pretending. I can't wake up the next morning and keep living a lie in that sense. And that, that clarity led to me unraveling and, and put, tearing down and closing down the entire operation in about you know, one to two weeks. Wow. Okay. So you decided to do that. And then like, what was your calling or what was your, what did you decide to do after you said, I'm, I'm done? Yeah, you know, like anytime you close a chapter, like you quit a job or you close a business and, you know, you're doing something because it's, it's not serving you anymore and, and you want to move in towards a direction that's more authentic and more aligned. There's that sense of relief that you've let something die. And I think that, you know, we're so growth oriented. It's like, okay, you got to grow, you got to expand, but we forget that the other side of growth is there's contraction. Things got to die. We got to leave things behind. We got to close a chapter before we open up the space for the next chapter. And so there was a, there was a relief, but I, but the worst part was, is, well, now I got to start from scratch. Like now I'm starting from a blank slate. And I don't think people realize how confronting that is to have all these options, all these possibilities, or just start from nothing and not know exactly what you are going to do. There was no, there was no sense of direction and I had to find it. So part of my, part of the work that I did was to really uh, look at myself and how am I causing all of this? How am I the, the person who causes my reality, causes my life? And that's one of the things that I'm really uh, interested in is what's the investment that we're making in ourselves? Because we can have a strategy, like a great way of doing something to, to, to do well for ourselves, but who's the driver behind the seat? Who's the person operating the strategy? Like if we took the strategy of Tesla and put it into my hands or your hands, we don't have the, the mind or the heart of Elon Musk to be able to fully execute that strategy. Right. Um, so I believe if we invest in ourselves, which is what I did, which is, you know, I looked at, can I take care of myself? Can I rebuild a relationship with myself? Can I do things in a way where I feel at one and feel whole with myself? Because I felt that if I didn't have that groundedness, that foundation, it didn't matter what I chose next. It would all come from an inauthentic place because I wasn't connected with who I was, wasn't connected with my purpose. So that was kind of one of, the, one of the first steps. And what was so interesting is that because I was taking my self-care to such an intense level and being so consistent, even though none of my circumstances had changed, 
it led to one like one opportunity after another opportunity after another opportunity where initially my real estate uh, license was only for my rent to own business. That's all I did. I never helped anybody with real estate, but because that was behind me and I was re-energizing and feeling creative and inspired again, I think the universe just started sending me all these different opportunities where I literally within a short period of time, I made more money than I ever had in my previous business. I started selling million dollar properties. I started helping people list their properties. I'm like, how is this happening? Where did this come from? And I truly believe it was because I was able to look at where I was being inauthentic and I was authentic about where I was being inauthentic. Where should I invest with your host, Sarah Larvey? We'll be right back. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment and pause the podcast interview here because I wanted to introduce you to Dahlia Barsoom of Streetwise Mortgages. I am a big believer, as you guys probably have heard, work with a mortgage broker. They are going to help you scale. And when I was first growing in real estate investing and looking to buying my second property and my third property, I was going directly to the bank then. I hadn't met Dahlia yet. And I actually was hitting a roadblock when it came to financing because the bank started asking me for 25% as the down payment. And then for my third property, they wanted 35%. And it was really, really hard for me to A, understand why it was creeping up like that. And B, I didn't have 35% to put down. I had 20%. And luckily, I actually met Dahlia at that point in time. And Dahlia is actually an investor herself, and she's works with many, many investors. And she knows all the pitfalls and the barriers that normally come up with dealing directly with a bank and all the different lenders. And Dahlia was actually able to not just find me proper alternatives, but I've got nine properties now, and I'm still able to get financing with A lenders, and it allows me to be able to scale up without hitting the financing wall. And so she's been a tremendous help. So the other thing I really, really enjoy is Dahlia also does a free goals analysis. So if you go to either my website or her website, streetwisemortgages.com, mention the podcast and ask for the free goals analysis, it was a game changer for me. And it allowed me to actually understand what I needed to do, how many properties I was going to get because of the cash flow that I was looking for. If you guys wanted to reach out to Dahlia, you can reach out to her by email, which is info at streetwisemortgages.com. Or you can actually reach out to her on the website at streetwisemortgages.com. And then just go to the contact section. And you can also call her at one 800 208 Six two five five. Thanks for listening and back to the show. Back to the show. Where should I invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. That's really powerful. So you're doing well. You got yourself from a dark spot or a darker spot into, into something that resonates with you a lot more. And I just want to fast forward, but today you do a lot of coaching on transformation and helping others realize, I guess, what you realize and how to move forward. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I th- so tell, tell us about that. Cause I think that's really interesting because ultimately, you know, I love real estate. I'll probably be in real estate forever, but it's important to also work on yourself 
and everything else that you bring to the table. And so you work with a lot of investors as well. And so let's, let's talk about that a little bit if you, if you, if you would. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where inevitably you're going to invest in yourself and develop yourself. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a real estate investor, um, ultimately when it comes to the work that I get to do with my clients, a lot of them have already accumulated a good portfolio. And what happens is so many people are creating this freedom for themselves. Like I had one client who had enough cash flow to support their life. And yet like for so long would not let themselves experience that freedom. They still would work and burn themselves out and constantly look for the next deal and was so tired, so, so tired and exhausted from it and not knowing why that was the case. And when we looked behind the curtain of what was going on, it was the sense that she was just constantly looking at creating freedom for herself. And yet the freedom that she already had, she was bankrupting. She was completely neglecting and invalidating the joy that's already available to her now. It's like, you've made all these choices in these past years to create this incredible portfolio that's providing you with all this cash flow. And yet you're not even giving yourself this month. Cause like, that's the thing that she would keep bringing up. I want to take a month with my family and go away. And every year I want to have this month or two months. And there's so many excuses. We have so many stories that prevent us from getting this, the exact thing that we want. And usually it's really right at our fingertips. I mean, our, our ability to create our lifestyle is already available to us. And so I think we get really trapped with, because we're great at what we do now, let's keep doing the thing that we're great at. But then it ends up coming at the expense of who we are and how we feel about ourselves and what we're allowing into our lives, what we're allowing ourselves to receive. We keep thinking that, okay, well, five properties from now. Okay, then those five properties come in. Well, five properties from now, then I'll enjoy my life. Then I will pursue my passion, pursue my purpose. And it's like, that never happens. And I never see that happen. Yeah, no, that's a great point. As you're saying that, I can just picture, I can picture that. I mean, I'm a big believer in living now, but also living and planning for the future. You know, some examples, you know, I, I hired a chef and I don't enjoy cooking, but you know, like at the end of the day, why not? If I can, so there's like little things that I do along the way. Of course, you know, I'm still personally for me, there's still work to be done in regards to creating that freedom, but I do try to stop as much as possible to, to kind of breathe and, and look at what I've accomplished so far. And I think that's the important piece. So, so what are some of the things that you do to help people that are just always thinking of that next deal or the next five deals? And, and, you know, I'm guilty of it myself too. Like sometimes I'm just always go, go, go. Like these podcasts are awesome. They're fun, but they take a lot of time too, right? It's always, <laughs> it's always, you know, it's not work because I really enjoy it. But what do you say to people that are just always chasing that next, that next thing, the next deal that you know, Hey, I have to do this. So I'm going to you know, take some time in six months from now, but this is what I need to accomplish first. Like what do you tell them? Well, one of the biggest things that I always see is first we look at what we want to have. Oh, I want to have, I want to have better things. I need better things around me. So we try to accumulate all these things and we realize they're, it's, it's kind of empty and meaningless. And then we realize, Oh, maybe it's the thing that I'm doing. I got to do better things. I got to do more interesting things. And we get great at that. And we realize that that wasn't it either. And then if, if you are aware enough or exposed to the, the, the opportunities and the ideas, you realize, well, who am I? Who am I being? And how am I, how am I actually living? How do I feel about myself? And 
I think there's nothing wrong with working, working really hard, especially if you are passionate and you're excited. And I think it's human nature to always have multiple goals because we need that experience uh, of growing ourselves and expanding ourselves and really getting to the edge of our comfort zone. But at the same time, what I see happening is we obsess about the future, but we bankrupt the present moment. And then when the future comes that we've been dreaming about, we just treat that the same way that we've been the moment. We've been training and training ourselves that this moment is nothing. It doesn't matter. So my family and my health and my free time and vacation, that doesn't matter because it's all about the next goal. And so part of the work that I do is to help people realize, because here's the number one complaint that happens with all the high achievers, with all the investors. I don't have enough time for myself. I don't have enough time for well-being. I don't even know what I want. That's one of the biggest things where it's like, well, I want to create financial freedom and have all this free time. But with that free time, what would I do? I don't even know what I want. And so part of the work is, how the heck are you going to know what you want if you don't even know who you are? Right. Yeah. You can't. Great point. And so we begin to carve time out so that we can understand and know ourselves. And I don't mean like the idea of ourselves or if we like pizza, if we, if we like pineapple on our pizza or not, but it's like, what's my experience of myself? What's the conversation that I'm having myself on a daily basis? Because if we can kind of know exactly where we are in terms of that state, then we can have an idea of where we want to go. It's like if you use Google Maps to get somewhere, you can put a punch in your destination, but if Google Maps doesn't know where you are, what the hell is the point? It's not, it's not going to serve you. It's not going to bring you to where you want to go. So what's my relationship with myself? How do I experience my life? What are the things that I'm realizing matter? What are the things that I'm doing that are completely phony and, and inauthentic? I present myself to be one way, but in, behind the scenes when no one's looking, I'm actually another way. And we all have that version. Like no one is exempt from that. But when we confront that and we shine a light on it and we magnify it and we can see it, all of a sudden things start to change because opportunities start to open up and choices start to open up. Most of us are operating on all this momentum. I have all these choices that led me to where I am, this job, this business, this property, these partners, and we're just living out the, the ripple effect of those past choices. But until we stop and we have these moments of clarity and insight, we won't kind of shift the direction of that momentum with a new choice of saying, well, you know what? I actually need to build a team. Like one of my clients has 26, had 26 properties and was doing everything himself. And he was completely burning himself, exhausting himself and wanted to be in so much of this control. And I, we, I talk a lot about sacrifice. And one of the things was realizing the sacrifice that he needed to make was sacrificing control sacrificing and letting go of, I'm going to make all the profits. I'm going to make all the money. Because if you want to expand and grow, you have to extend the opportunity to others. Like, hey, well, someone younger than you, someone less experienced than you, that can really benefit from the opportunities that you have and take work off of your plate. And you can start slowly multiplying your business, multiplying your impact. And that's really what he's done. He took someone on part-time, now turned them full-time, and that team's about to grow even further. And he's been able to free initially 15 hours a week, now about 30 hours a week. Well, what's he going to do with that free time? He's going to do the things that he knows is his gift and his passion, the thing that really makes a difference in his life and in his business. And travel, like travel multiple times a year. 
So I think that space and time for ourselves to reflect is, is profound. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I think I'm guilty of that too. Just sitting there and thinking it's really hard to do. Like it's hard to do nothing at all, but reflect, you know? And so it just really has to be a conscious thing of, I'm just going to sit here and are there like any questions that you would say maybe somebody can, can start with like asking themselves and starting to think because like, is there, so when you say like, you got to re- reflect and you've got to think and you've got to take the time to, to figure out what you want and where you are, what are some of the key questions that you ask somebody that you're coaching as an example, and maybe they could do it at home on their own. If I only had three months to live, what is the one thing that I would need to experience and accomplish to feel like I died with no regrets? What's the one thing? You can expand that out to a year. You can say five things. Okay, if I only had a year to live, what would be the five things? And that's one of the most important questions that we might ask ourselves. I think my screensaver on my phone or the, the background is a skull. It's a skull. And some might think it's dark or some might think, oh, that's really high school view. You like skulls and daggers. No, but the skull to me is a reflection of our mortality. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. There is no guarantee for that. And if you acknowledge your own mortality and your time limit, let's say I have a client who's 47. Like, well, what's the average life expectancy for men? 79, 80. You do the math. How many years do you have left? Well, do you know you have that much time? You kind of reflect on, okay, well, if all there is, is a month left to my life, it kind of helps us realize what matters. It connects us with what matters. And I'm not just looking at kind of the content of it, because you might say, well, if I had a month left and I'd travel the world and I, I could die a peaceful woman. But I'm interested in, well, why is that the case? What, what do you get from travel? What's, what's so important about traveling the world to you? Because it might be different for you than it is to me. And so you might say, well, I, I want to go on an adventure. I want to jump off cliffs and I want to skydive and I want to, you know, I want to surf. I want to do all these adventurous things. And now that tells us about who you are. And that might tell us about what's missing in your life. There might be that sense of adventure that's missing in your life. So I think, yeah, there's important questions that we can ask ourselves. And uh, I'm happy to share as many as I can while we have time for. But that's one of the things that I would, I would definitely start with. Yeah, that's a super powerful one. So, I mean, I, we can keep talking and talking because this is all quite interesting. But how did you get to where you are today, just in terms of understanding the psychology, understanding this stuff? Like, did you do a lot of book reading or did you attend a lot of workshops? Or I mean, because you're now giving advice on life, right? I mean, let's just, it is what it is. It's it's your life. And so how did you get to that, to be able to be able to get paid and be hired to offer these types of things to individuals? It kind of happened organically because one of my first coaching clients was, I put something up on Facebook and I said, hey, who wants to learn how to free themselves of their job with a rent-to-own business? Send me a message, I'll teach you. I'll teach you for free. And so I just had this, for some reason, this maybe it was a youthful arrogance to say I can teach you because I just did it myself. But that really connected with me. I'm like, wow, this is what an incredible experience to see someone from my teachings build a portfolio within a short period of time because of the work that we did together, because of the conversations that we had. And then if you layer on top of that, the, the transformation that I had to go through you know, I hit rock bottom during that period and I was able to reinvent myself and transform myself 
and it led to so many different new uh, opportunities and experiences. And so part of it was, you know, looking at all of my own, because I, I believe that we, I could only take a client as deep as I've gone. That's truly what I believe. So I spend incredible amounts of time in this. I am a trained coach as well. I'm trained in ontological and phenomenological coaching. So that's really fancy, but it's really the being of human being. I'm looking at what is your experience of your reality? Like, how do you experience your reality? It's like contact lenses. You have a certain level, certain contact lenses based on your past, and that's how you see the world. But if you can start seeing how you see the world, you can reinvent how you see the world, which opens up choices and opportunities. I'm sure when you started in real estate, all of a sudden there's things that you noticed, books and seminars and people that maybe even a few months before you even was, were exposed, you wouldn't have heard them. You wouldn't have seen them. They wouldn't even be anything to you. But because you've kind of leaned in a new direction, you open yourself up to other choices. So I'm trained in, in the being of human being. And that's the, the, like the more fundamental transformational work that we do together. And it's just been something that happened over time. I used to coach people for slices of pizza and, and pints of Guinness just because I felt extremely passionate about seeing how I can support people. And eventually it did lead to paying clients and building a coaching practice and, and all that. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's a great point is even when I look at my real estate, my real estate coaching, I mean, most of what I've learned is from experiencing it and doing it. And I think that's, you said it really well, like you take a client as far as you've gone and you've done a lot of work on yourself and started working through helping other people for, for pizza and beer or whatever it was. But, you know, and that's the same thing with, with real estate investing. I mean, you're going to, I would not, I would not be comfortable teaching somebody about Rentone because I'm not comfortable teaching about something that I can't say I have done it. I haven't done rent to own. I do burrs and I do buy and hold and I do some Airbnbs, but if somebody wants to know about rent to own, I send them to someone else. <laughs> and I'm like, I am not the right person for that. But I, I think that's a lot of the experience comes from, or the ability to coach comes from that experience and living it yourself first and, and doing it. So that's really cool. So Oliver, I can definitely talk to you forever and uh, maybe there'll be a, a second podcast in the future, but it's time for our lightning rounds. So I'm going to ask you a series of five questions. And sure. uh, you can give me the first answer that comes to mind. Now they're real estate specific, but you can always tweak them if you, uh, if you'd like. Ready? Yes. All right. Number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever? Real estate investing in Canada by Don R. Campbell. Great book. Number two, what is your favorite podcast? My favorite podcast. This is going to sound ridiculous, but Conan O'Brien is a friend. Okay. All right. <laughs> What's that one about? <laughs> well, it's funny because I listen to all this motivational and business and entrepreneurial stuff podcast wise, but in terms of like, just kind of letting the brain like relax, Conan O'Brien sits with people who he's interviewed for like five minutes on his show. And he wants to know, can we actually be real friends? Like if we spent some time together and I find myself like dying of laughter at the gym or driving, even from his ads, ads, just absolutely kill me. And so I make it a point to not just always be trying to get better, but doing things that allow me to enjoy the moment. And that's one of the podcasts that, that I, where I really enjoy the moment. That's awesome. Actually, that sounds really fun. Number three, what is your favorite pastime? I, I was going to say my fiance, Janet, spending time with her. That's nice. Awesome. Number, number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? I would ask for support. I would reach out to the people I know, love and care for me 
and see if they can support me and as well how I can support them. Because I believe that we are all unique resources and have gifts and talents. And if only we open ourselves up to the people who already love and care for us and want to do even more of that, if we open ourselves up to that, I think it would lead to opportunities we wouldn't even dream of. So that's where I would start. Great answer. And last question, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started and you can make this real estate or entrepreneurial specific, how would you recommend that they spend that $50,000? I think first getting training. If it's real estate related, I would say training and guidance because I think that gives us a sense of empowerment, but only to the extent of trying not to be a perfectionist or procrastinator and just get stuck in being an info addict. But I think that does give us a great foundation and, and then actually executing and then actually putting that money where your mouth is and actually taking action. All right. Great answer. So Oliver, where can the listeners find you if somebody wanted to reach out and know more? Yeah. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. So they can just follow me with my full name at Oliver Manalise. I have a podcast, the Oliver Manalise show, where I interview high performers about adversity and how they've transformed breakdowns and turned them into breakthroughs, which I would love to have you on the show and share your story. And uh, those are two of the main places as well as my website. So olivermanalise.com where they can learn more about the work that I do. And I offer complimentary discovery calls with people who are interested in just opening up the conversation and seeing what it might look like to have um, a high level of support. Amazing. Okay. And I will, uh, I'm definitely interested in your podcast. So guys reach out and definitely Oliver, I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge. Now, any final words of advice or anything else that you would like to let the listeners know before we go? The life that you are looking to live is already available to you in this very moment. And if you sacrifice and bankrupt this very moment and the things that matter, then you're only going to project that into the future. So relish and savor what already is at the same time that will energize you and motivate you to create and move your life towards what's next. Amazing. Thank you for that. And Oliver, thank you for being on Where Should I Invest? It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be on the show. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away, and eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that, and the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that work, and also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. 
And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.